Greetings. Welcome to Haber Bros, a podcast for historic, cross-centered Christians. We seek to provide ancient answers to a culture that's forgotten the questions. Thank you for listening to us this week. If you like what you're hearing or enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. This is the biggest way that podcasts grow. If you haven't yet given us a five-star review, pause this recording and give us a five-star rating and a positive review. I'm Kirk Haberman, a church musician, and this is my brother, Chris, an Anglican priest. Chris, how are you? Kirk, I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Busy. Uh, busy up to, up to my neck in to-do lists, and my calendar is a complex uh, three-dimensional web, um, but, I'm, but I'm good. I mean, it's a, it's a Thursday evening, right? I think I've talked to you about like, uh, uh, did I talk to you about the, the happiness study that someone did um, kind of charting happiness through the course of a week? Uh, I, uh, I don't remember this. So why don't you, why don't okay. you remind me if, if we've talked about this? So uh, people popularly say to each other, happy Friday on Fridays mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. have a great weekend. Or when Monday comes, they're like, uh, Monday. How are you doing? Oh, Monday. Kirk, I want to, I want to interrupt you for just one second. I told someone have a great weekend this week on Wednesday. (laughs) The reason is, is because I was put picking up our bulletins, which I pick up once a week, usually on Friday. And it's like, well, I won't see you till next week. So have a great weekend, but it wasn't like the usual person. So I felt like I stopped and I had to like explain myself, like why on Wednesday I was wishing someone a great weekend. Hey, side note, side note to your side. Yes. Uh, the Dowager Countess on Downton Abbey, um, as she, who, who always had the best lines, either oh, that yes. or she made them the best lines just by her, her delivery. Probably uh, when both. she, when, when she first meets Matthew Crawley in season one, and he says, um, something about, um, oh, I'll get back to you. Um, I won't have a chance to look at this until the weekend. Right. Remember he's, he's the heir, but he's a lawyer and right. he. He doesn't feel like he wants to give up his job to be kind of just an heir, you know, to run an estate. And, and she, in faux confusion, hmm. looks around with consternation and a furrowed brow. And she, to, to no one and everyone in particular, says, what does a weekend? <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, this person, uh, I mean, this, this was a, a fairly reputable study, did a kind of a happiness study. And it's not actually on Friday that everyone's happy, happiest, or Saturday. Um, and even by Saturday night, you can kind of feel 
just around the corner Monday morning. Oh my gosh, that is glass heels. half full. If you okay, can't so- <laughs> enjoy a Saturday night because Monday morning is, I don't, I'm not good Monday at math. Is, Many hours away. 28 hours away, right? So, um, uh, look, can I guess? Tell me. Is, is Thursday night the best because you are anticipating the weekend? Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Thursday. So, is peak so either I guessed right, or I've had this conversation. So we actually had this conversation, right? It's like uh, probably for the children, podcast. For children, the happiest part of December is actually staring at the presents under the tree, right? Because like you're telling me, looking at the destroyed living room with like tattered, <laughs> you know, paper like wrapping right. paper and like that's not fun. Like seeing it actually, yeah, boxed up. So and so it's Thursday beautiful. afternoon. I'm in a good mood just because this is the natural week cycle. So yeah. yeah. And you're, you're taking your daughter skating. Is this the first time this year for skating? First, first of the fall session, we missed the first two. She had uh, her primary school open house two weeks ago. And then last Thursday, uh, I forget, was she sick? I forget what it is, but we were unable to go last Thursday. Um, So I reached out to the, uh, the skating local skating club. And I was like, is it, is it too late? And they, they messaged me back and like, no, 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 it's fine. Come on down, come on early and we'll get her signed up and get her ready to go. She was, so she's going to be pumped. She's going to be super pumped about that. Yeah. Well, speaking of better late than never, you, you saw what Meg texted today about uh, Isaac, right? Um, yes. As far as what we signed him up for. Yes. Yes. Soccer. So excited. Yes. This kid has never played soccer and like as a almost eight year old, he turns eight next month. He's like, I want to play soccer. And, um, you know, we had never even pondered doing sports with him. We didn't know if, if that was something that we could do. And, um, you know, last winter he started skiing and he's going to be playing soccer. So, so, so you medically have the green light? Sure. Like we're not told we can't do anything, okay. you know? So I, mean, so, I mean, I have dumb questions, right? Like what happens when he's tired? Tired. He rests. Okay. You know? Like any yeah. other player? They're eight-year-olds. Yeah. Okay. So they... I, I would imagine it's it's still uh, you know not super competitive. Yeah. What about like conditioning? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I do they condition eight year olds in soccer? I mean, like you do running. Run? Yeah. Do you? You do you? run. Yeah, you run. You don't just like chase a ball around. <laughs> so the videos you've shown me of Daphne soccer games, I'm kind of picturing that still. You're yeah. telling me it gets more sophisticated at uh, at the seven year old. So level? he he would probably is he seven U or eight U? He's eight U. I don't know. Is he? I don't know what she signed him up for. <laughs> First game is Wednesday. Like there, she just signed him up today. There, at his grade, as he, at his age level, there should be a goalie. And then it's the oh. next goal size up. Yep. So it'll probably be four on four with a goalie. So five on five. Um, they're probably, they'll probably so they, They'll play. be expected to pass. Yeah. I mean, they, they work on spacing at that age. So there's usually one defender and kind of like three midfielders slash forwards. That's usually kind of how we played. No one really runs a two-two. Um, it's still a little bit of like you remember Tecmo Bowl when some guy like when Bo Jackson would get around the end. Oh yeah. Again, you have literally twenty-two people chasing chasing or yeah. twenty-one people chasing him. Like well, it's no, still not a lot literally of that. because like the offense isn't chasing. You're saying right. block. They would be right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I got you. But it, it's it's a lot of that. But like, yeah. But You'll I mean, so. It. So You'll yeah, enjoy it. it'll great. be great. Even if, um, even if we end up in, in last place, Kirk, even if his team ends up in last, um, does place matter where you end up? 
Well, I mean, whoever would be first among you, Jesus said, must be slave of all. So I would think that, um, you know, not being in a prominent place in the kingdom isn't such a big deal. Today's gospel comes from Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, we've been working sequentially through Mark here these last few weeks, but we do skip three verses here between the rich young ruler. Uh, We skip verses 32, 33, and 34, uh, which are really important context because in those verses, is Jesus gives his third prediction of his suffering, death, and resurrection, which makes this even more interesting in that light, that James and John had just heard about what exactly is going to happen to Jesus, and still they come to him and say, well, in they still have this expectation that, that this kingdom would be one of just pure glory and, and not the way of the cross. And um, th- this particular one, uh, prediction, includes a little bit more graphic detail. Jesus talks about being mocked and spit on and flogged and killed before he is to rise again. So uh, here in Jesus' response, we see him emphasize the, this way of the cross that we keep talking about, Kirk. Um, James and John. So they, they come to him and they say, we want these places of prominence in your kingdom. And it's clear that they just, they don't understand the, these previous teachings. Um, And Jesus says this to them. He says, you do not know what you're asking. 
And then he has two examples essentially of like why they don't understand it. He says, you, are you able to drink from this cup? I'm sorry. The first one is, is the baptism. Wait, let me look. <laughs> the first is drink from the cup. Yes. I was right. The first time. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And um, without the context of the Last Supper, um, it's not clear that they would have immediately known what Jesus means by this. But we do. We have the whole context. We know about the, the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus and, and his institution of, of these, of these, uh, these sacraments that, that, um, that he gave us as, as um, baptism is this initiation sacrament and this continuing sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Uh, and so it's not even clear. You remember like the baptism that they would have probably thought of, it would be a baptism of repentance, right? right. Um, and, and not necessarily a painful baptism. But um, when we think of baptism now, um, we think of what it means in Jesus Christ, that we are united to Jesus in his death and resurrection and like this immersion under the water represents our death to sin and self and our rising again with christ and our unity with christ in these waters of baptism that in the waters of baptism we are united with jesus in his death and in his resurrection and of course uh they, they wouldn't have necessarily understood this um the word baptism they might have associated with john's baptism about baptism of repentance or they might have thought of simple like dunking or getting wet um, like these literal um, ideas of this word baptism. But we look at that and we say like, yeah, they are not uh, able to, um, to do this apart from Jesus' work on their behalf. And then of course this cup, what would they think? They would have probably associated this cup with feasting. <laughs> they would not realize until like looking back on the last supper that this cup is right. filled with his blood, right? Right, and, and that's easy, I think, to gloss over for us because we are so um, affected by Jesus' prayer in the garden, if it is possible, take away this cup from me. And so mm -hmm. when we hear this here in chapter 10, we immediately leap forward mm -hmm. to chapter, what is that, 14 or 15 in Mark? Yeah, but, um, and so it's easy to, to mistake that. Yeah. Sorry, for, sorry to interrupt. No, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, and, and so... Um, they don't understand what they're asking. And, and this is yet another gospel text that, that just reminds us that Jesus' way is the way of the cross. It is not the way of glory. It's the way of the cross. That Jesus, um, that, that they're seeking glory and that the way to seek glory is not, in fact, to be glorified and to be, uh, you know, vice, whatever, like vice president, vice uh, king of kings <laughs> and lord of lords. Um, like that is not the way um, of greatness in the kingdom. And, um, and then he, you know, he's like, he not only has the symbolism that, that is meaningful to us today, but he gives them examples. Like he says, these Gentiles, like, like picture Caesar, picture Pontius Pilate, picture all these, these governors of Syria, Quirinius, um, all these people, they exert their authority by showing their power and dominating. They lord their authority over others. And he says, it shall not be so among you. And so like, even if, if you are thinking, I want to be great, um, Jesus says, yeah, you want to be great? First, be slave of all, serve others. Um, just as Jesus, like our King came not into the world, not to be served. And, and, um, 
let's properly understand this. Like there is times like that where he is acknowledged as king and worshiped and glorified. And, you know, you picture um, the woman with the alabaster jar, like uh, worshipfully um, cleansing his feet and like wiping his hair or his feet with her hair. And um, like, he was in fact served in that moment, but like, he's saying like, my purpose is not to sit on a throne and be served, but, but to serve. And like, this is an example for all of you. Um, And then, you know, when we talk about uh, this life, uh, giving one's life as a ransom for many, this is not, we don't want to go too far with this. Um, you know, there's something called the ransom theory of atonement. Like this is not, because uh, like this raises all sorts of questions, like to whom is Jesus being ransomed? Is it to God? Like, who is he being ransomed? Like all sorts of questions which Jesus probably did not intend when he gave this teaching, um, simply as as just a an indication of like, um, sort of synonymous with redemption of um, picture like pawning a ring um, to get cash um, to cover something. When you want to get that ring back, you, you got to bring the cash to redeem the ring. Um, and this idea of redemption of being purchased from slavery, um, slavery to sin, like this is what Jesus does. And so it's, it's just another illustration to help us understand. And, and it shouldn't obscure Jesus' work. Um, as we think about his atoning work, um, it should it should kind of help us with another angle to look at Jesus and his work and, and understand it better, that he is setting us free from sin and death. Amen. Kirk, you're here. Yeah. yeah, what do you see here? Uh, as you were describing um, sitting at his right hand and at his left, it, it was brought to mind, I, I, I remembered a show that you tried to interest Kim and I in this summer, Succession. Did that not um, take with you? Uh, it, it's not that I disliked it. It's that I forgot about it when I got home. Mm. Like I could definitely perceive, I can definitely picture a possible world where this, this winter I watch it. I was intrigued mm. by it. Um, in any case, uh, in the, the pilot episode, did we watch the first two episodes? Um, you have this family run company and uh, you have this mercurial father who has a plan of succession and then he decides at the end of the episode, like, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna hold on to the hold on to the reins for a little longer. I don't I don't know that I feel comfortable passing this on. But it was interesting. All the children have a seat at the board of trustees. It's an honorary position, right? He, uh, the uh, the uh, the super ambitious son, the ambitious daughter, they're both there, and the worthless playboy son who has zero interest in any of it, right? He's there. Mm. And that's, a, it's almost what I picture James and John asking for, right? Mm. Like, yeah. Hey man, like we're in your inner circle, like in the coming of your kingdom, can we stay in your inner circle? Can we be, can we be honorary chairs of the board? Like, I, 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 I know like you're like, you've got something Messiah ish going on or even more going on, but can we, we don't know totally what's involved, but can we, can we be honorary chairs of the board? And just yeah, not Kirk, Kirk, there's there's a there's a really good term that that isn't used often enough. Sinecure. It's called yeah yeah. Is that how you say it? Sign sinecure. Sinecure. Yeah. yeah. They want to be sinecure. a sinecure. Yeah. yeah. That's almost yeah. what I what I perceive. Yeah. yeah. And so there are a couple of things that they get wrong about this. It's not a sinecure, right? Yeah. Jesus asked them sort of an what's actually an earnest question. Um, are you able to drink that cup? Mm. And and I think a lot of sermons have been preached, um, really heaping. Uh, um, sighing or heaping scorn upon their response, we are able. But actually, as we know, all, all but John of Patmos do mm-hmm. drink 
of that yes. cup. <laughs> they, they, in a way they couldn't possibly anticipate as you, as you said. Well, Kirk, what does Jesus say in verse 39? The cup that I drink. Yeah. You, you will, will drink. drink. Yeah. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. Yeah. I, there was this um, sort of hokey Holy Week hymn that you and I grew up with. Yes, are ye I... able, said the master. Yep. Yes, we are able. Um, and, and I think maybe it's actually biblical, right? It's actually scriptural. I think it's probably wrong putting those words in our mouths, right? It's yeah. not our place. They answer like the disciples, we are able. Well, because the disciples didn't know what they were saying when they said, right. yes, we were able, like, yeah, we'll be with you to the end. And then like two hours later, they're like, yeah, we're out. Like, we're, <laughs> we're, like, we're going to run away and abandon you. Yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that's where there's been some backlash against their, the disciples response. It is, it is not a fitting response for you and I to say we are able. Um, I, I don't think we're, well, maybe, maybe some of us will be called to martyrdom. Who, who knows? Um, Lord, yeah, Lord so the hymn, so. I don't know if you said uh, enough about the hymn to identify it. It's, it's, are ye able as the name and, and the, the text is, are ye able said the master to be crucified with me? Uh, what's the next line? Yea, the sturdy dreamer answered to the death. We follow thee. And I'm, I'm saying, this Lord, we are able. Our spirits, our spirits are thine. Are thine. Remold, what and what's next? Remold and make us like the divine. Yeah. Thy guiding, thy guiding radiance. radiance. <laughs> this is great content. <laughs> can you finish it? I mean, we're almost done. <laughs> thy guiding radiance, what? I can um, see the ratings dials just like go, <laughs> go limp and just die. like just, just blindly stumbling forward trying to guess the lyrics. Of, I think we, between the two of us, we got most of it. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, but it's, inter it's interesting. So I, I think I've probably had conversations heaping scorn, scorn on that hymn, but if it, within the proper context, this is actually touching. Um, they say we are able, there are several passages where the disciples uh, make fools of themselves, um, promising things they cannot deliver on. And then there are a couple of touching passages that prophetically kind of leap forward to their own martyrdom. This is one of them. The other one is, uh, is it in John? Is it John 10? Where St. Thomas says, um, let us follow, let us follow you that we might die with thee. Yeah. Um, which given a long enough timeline, that's true. He does. Um, yeah, so that's just interesting. There, there, there's that there as well. Um, verse 40 is cryptic. Um, I think Mark has often uh biblical scholars who want to soft pedal or deny the divinity of Christ, like Mark, hmm. because at superficially at face value, it has a, kind of a lower Christology. And this could be kind of one of those, but it is not, but it's not mine. Um, but to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Um, that's interesting. You, do, you have any, do you have any thoughts on that? What does he mean by that? But it is not mine. I don't have any um, particular insight on, on that verse. Come on, come on I mean, Bible answer, but, man. <laughs> but Jesus, <laughs> but Jesus, Kirk is there was a guy who called himself like I know, that's the Bible I answer. Yeah, I know, Hank, I know. Canagraph. Yes, the Bible <laughs> answer man. Boy, what a what a title to give himself. Um, and and, and like the guy is smart, but yes, but to, to call himself the Bible answer man. Um, like th there is, in a sense, like there are many things that 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 Jesus um 
in in becoming uh, born as a human, like uh, that he like gave up his like divine yes, knowledge. That's right. that's right. And so he had to rely on yeah. on like insight from from the spirit. Um, yeah. Like it wasn't like he was omniscient as he walked the earth. He was limited in his yeah. power. Yeah. Theologic um, theologically, we call that the humiliation of Christ. Right. Yeah. Like laying down yeah. some divine attributes. Okay. And, and so when he says, uh, I don't know the day nor the hour, only the father knows, like we see this pop up. Um, and, and that could be what he's saying here is that, um, or, or just like this, this, this fact that like, there are many things that he just says are, it's the father's will. Like I do the father's will. And so like, I don't grant these things. It's the father. I obey the father. Um, hey, so somehow in my meandering thoughts and questions, I, I lost, I lost the thread on uh, the sinecure, the board of trustees, right? Mm, their, their request. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting. Jesus, uh, Jesus doesn't think the real work is done at, at you know, in that boardroom, right? Um, in his kingdom, it's in washing the feet of, mm-hmm. of sinners and of homeless people, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and the real work in the church, in the kingdom of God, um, is the forgiveness of sins, right? Is ministry to people in pain. And so that, 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 that's, that's just me finishing, going back and finishing my thought about the boardroom and um, the way in which they, they don't really understand kind of what the kingdom will look like, what work, uh, if you want to work with Christ in his kingdom, where that work is done. It's not the honorary seat, you know, in the boardroom. So there I finished that thought in a super disjointed way. Yeah. Yeah. And Kirk, we've talked about how Jesus glory, um, his glorification was in his being lifted up on the cross. Um, mm. His suffering was, was his glory. And so it's interesting that, that these disciples, James and John see glory as sitting in the boardroom at the right hand and the left hand. Right. But in fact, um, Jesus was crucified as a common sinner with somebody, not James and John, but with, other common criminals on his right hand and on his left hand, which is kind of significant. Like seeing, yeah. seeing this right and left that, that these, these um, people were crucified on his right and left. And, and um, like, if we were to look at Christ's kingdom, like it, uh, that's what it would look like is, is for them to go to the, the cross with him. You know um, like if, if Jesus were to say like this, like you want to see my glory, like this, this is what it looks like. You don't, you don't want to drink this cup. Eventually, you know, they would in their martyrdom, but um, not in the way that Jesus did. Yeah, I think that's right. So those are those are those are my thoughts on this passage. I feel like you and I, you and I beat this drum so much, um, and yet it is, it is the gospel. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is yeah. the gospel. Christ crucified for sinners. Uh, uh, the divine picture of glory is the world's picture of humiliation, mm-hmm. um, and the world's picture of glory is worthless dross. Um, is no currency at all. Um, it's a wooden coin. It's a fake nickel in the kingdom of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's the story of the gospel, right? Yeah, and we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, feel bad about like beating that drum. <laughs> the cross is our theology. Amen. Beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's Mark chapter ten, the request of James and John. Um, these, uh, these two brothers, um, who, uh, who ask a request of their teacher. Um, and fortunately they have a good teacher who knows, um, who knows the way to the kingdom, um, as opposed to, um, 
What if you had a teacher or a coach that didn't even kind of know the subject they were teaching or didn't even know the sport they were coaching? Um, how could they be expected to win? Speaking of not knowing the sport you're coaching, let's talk about season two of Ted Lasso, the great pop culture phenomenon. Actually, I don't even know. I don't know how far reaching it is, but at least in our circles. It's yeah, been I don't either. Popular. Yeah. Yeah. So um, season two of Ted Lasso uh, just uh, finished last Friday. Um, the, the season finale dropped. Uh, was it a 10 episode season, Kirk? I believe. Oh, 10, 12. All right. Well, um, there, there were like the usual episodes and then they dropped in like two additional ones that were kind of not in necessarily, it didn't really matter when they would have happened. And that was, was that the, the Christmas, Christmas episode and the, and the coach beard episode. Yes. And then the coach beard episode. Those yeah. Are both the, standalones, yeah. Yeah. Those, those are standalones that, that were kind of added afterwards. And um, this is a season that I think uh, has had mixed reviews after all the good feeling yes. of, of season one. Uh, people didn't react quite as well to season two. And Kirk, I, my response to that is kind of like um, with coach uh, Ted Lasso as, as sort of a, a Christ figure, uh, of course, the way of the cross is, is going to be unpopular. Like his, like um, the way up being down. Um, I, I, it's not surprising to me um, that there are people who objected um, to the, the arcs that we saw in season two. Could, um, could you give a, could you give a, one minute summary of season one to bring people yeah. up to speed and then a summary of season two. Yeah. So in season one, um, and, and Kirk, you and I acknowledge that it's not a perfect show. It's a beautiful show. There's beauty. There's, there's grace and forgiveness. Um, but you know, it's not like to say that we love it and they're awesome themes. Isn't to say that like, well, for instance, in season one, um, one of the things that uh, brings Ted Lasso from coaching, I forget which small college football team in America um, to England is um, that his marriage is on the rocks and his wife wants um, some space and they end up uh, divorcing, which is a really just sad way of, of just like that plot device doesn't work super well for me. Um, it's one of the few things that doesn't work. But anyway, um, Ted Lasso, a, col a college football coach, um, leaves America for a, an interesting job opportunity in England kind of a division, to give his wife. A division two phenomenon, yes. right? Yep. Like he yep. takes like one national college. championship. Yeah. Yep. And um, uh, is, is hired by this English football team. Um, sorry, soccer team. Richmond uh, Greyhounds. The Richmond Greyhounds to coach. And the reason, of course, that I just gave um, is, is like his wife wanted a little bit of space. He was like, hey, this is an interesting opportunity. Uh, and the twist is that um, the person who hired him hired him to tank the season because she just got divorced from her husband. She got the team, which was his baby, and she wants to kill it. And so yes. she hires who she thinks is the worst coach. And it turns <laughs> out that Ted Lasso, though he knows nothing about soccer, and it, there's kind of some whimsy, a fun with him kind of learning the rules of soccer, um, not realizing that it's, you know, two halves instead of four quarters. Right. And, and you know all sorts of um, kind of funny things. Um, Wait, it's not out of bounds. That. It's out of touch. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's not practice. <laughs> it's training. Right. <laughs> uh, 
he comes to England and, and um, his ability to love people and give them a grace, give them love and support um, that they had never seen before. Um, his, his just Christ-like way of loving people um, wins everybody over. Yep. And that's, and that's what everyone loved. about the, I think everybody loved about the season is that Ted is so winsome. Um, and, uh, but the season ends with the team being relegated, uh, which is a huge deal, um, for a soccer team. It, yeah. it means, um, huge pay cuts for everybody in the organization, um, from the players down to the ball boy, um, because it's, it's just a, a financial, uh, hit it's a huge financial hit uh, for a team to be relegated to, to be essentially put from major leagues down into like triple a or w- whatever the equivalent uh would be and so season two begins with them in in this like lower division of of british soccer um and they start out the season terribly and uh they bring in a psychologist um a counselor to, to help with the team um and because they're stuck in this losing streak. Part of it is that like a, dur- during penalty kicks at the end of a, end of a game, um, the, uh, their, their uh, mascot breaks loose, this greyhound, and is killed <laughs> by a kicked soccer ball. It, like, uh, and so like it, it shakes um, uh, just this Danny character. Danny who, Rojas, who is the most, his life. <laughs> who is the most, the, 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 dark, the dark irony of that is he's the most life- filled mm-hmm. the most enthusiastic um uh, of all of all the players in the team and then like it, it crushes his soul yeah and isn't he like crying in the shower saying football is death yes yes, yes. <laughs> yeah and so so rather than summarizing season two what i think would be better to talk about would be the themes that really captured us in season okay. two and so yeah, kirk, yeah. kirk you've got some themes i think that, that you highlighted that uh you, you want to talk about those since i kind of yeah. gave the introduction yep 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 yeah yeah. so uh it's interesting i i only became aware of this this past week as i decided to kind of read reviews of season two and uh kind of a very online crowd um like uh vulture vox vanity fair wow is that is that all these yeah (laughs) um really hated it um i i read a vox piece uh then back from the end of august that had seen the first after the first eight episodes, so maybe two thirds, three quarters through it, I'm kind of defending it against kind of the very young and online critics. Um, I, I think that a lot of people wanted it to go darker um, and it remained light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think to go darker, um, which many second seasons do, um, you can't kind of do a repeat of, the theory is you can't go home again. You can't do a repeat of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't you can't redo an underdog story, though. I, I think that what Rocky does, <laughs> like it's he's an underdog like in like all six movies. Yeah. yeah, so maybe you can repeat an underdog story every time. Hey, like we said last week, formulas work. <laughs> yeah, formulas work. Yeah, and in some ways they do repeat an underdog story, and the first one isn't even an underdog story. Like they get relegated. Mm-hmm. Right. So what you expect to have happen, which is the American coach who doesn't know anything, haha, isn't that funny? Actually, comes in and. And they have success. No, they don't have success, right? That's yeah. Well, and and story. it's it's worth mentioning what um how season two ends, isn't it? Isn't it um what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Tart that um essentially gets them relegated, like they're like this, like it looks like oh, th- they're going to be yeah season yeah. one. Sorry, it, like it looks like th- th- they're going to have this tie that's going to preserve them in in the highest level, and then Jimmy Tart scores this quick goal. Am I right about that? Um, because of like 
uh, essentially of Ted's La- Ted Lasso's coaching, telling right. him to be le- um, less selfish. He passes the ball, and um, in, when this fatal blow against uh, uh, Richmond, which sends them down, um, and so yeah. uh, to Ted, it, like, was kind of proud of him, even though it, it hurt their team. Yeah. So, so in terms of some themes, it uh, it remains the the beating heart of the show. The, the, the animating principle doesn't change, which is Ted is a change agent, a change agent in others' lives, in those who encounter him, because um, he is endlessly patient and forgiving. Hmm. He is a listen first guy. Um, in every character in the show, he uh, spends time with them, asks them, them questions, and then shuts up mostly. Uh, and uh, most people uh, in life don't have someone mm. who just asks to listen. Like, tell me what's actually going on. Um, and so the themes remain gentleness, patience, forgiveness, um, non-judgmentalism. And these are all actually very, very Christian themes. Mm. Uh, so if you want to be a source of ministry in people's lives, and, and I think most clergy will tell you this is don't listen to people and then tell them what to do um but listen to people and tell them and show them that they're loved and love them anyway right Mm. Um, once people allow themselves to become vulnerable or to tell you where they've sinned or show you their sin in their life or their failure um is to love them anyway right because that is what christ that's that's the gospel right this is love not that we love god but that he first loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, right? Um, like one-way love is kind of a theologian that you and I both appreciate. That's uh, something. That's that's how he defines the gospel. That's Paul Zoll defines it as one-way love. And Ted, La- Ted Lasso is one-way love, right? Mm-hmm. He is. He is. He affirms people not just when they're good, but because they're human and and mm-hmm. worth spending time with, right? And that changes yeah, everybody Kurt, that he yeah. encounters. Yes, absolutely, it changes them. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's interesting, um, a, a persistent theme is uh, the ex-husband, Rupert, and just yes. he is an absolute jerk who um, uses every opportunity possible to make his ex-wife feel small, unloved, yeah. trashy. Like in the first season, yeah. um, he gets <clears throat> this new wife of his or girlfriend way younger. He gets her pregnant. And um, why can't I remember his... Uh, Rebecca um and, and Rebecca's like I thought you didn't want kids he's like no I just didn't want kids with you like yeah like he, he, like Whoa. just this just I mean he does everything he can to make her feel small and and terrible um and uh at one point in season one Ted's like you realize everybody sees this right like it's not just you like everybody can see what he's doing yeah. it's not but she's like but everybody loves Rupert he's so tr-. he's like no like you don't understand like people see through that everybody um, loves rupert's money but no yes. one actually likes rupert for rupert yeah 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 and there's this beautiful episode where um what, what basically but probably my favorite scene in in season one is um when they're playing darts and ted yeah. talks about like but you never had showed interest like you never knew that like you never asked like you never d- d- asked. Yeah. yeah, you never asked. And, and like, turns out Ted is like a darts savant because like his dad ignored him. And like, all he did was like, have like play darts as a kid. Um, right. Uh, so, so, so anyway, Kirk, I, I was, I was okay, going somewhere go with ahead. this. Uh, so in, in season two, um, Rupert shows up at the funeral of Rebecca's 
father. He has no business being there. Right. And like the question is like, do we kick him out? Do we make a scene? Um, and I wrote down this quote and I don't even remember who said it. I'm assuming it was Ted, but, but maybe it was some other sage figure um, in, in just like realizing how to deal with people like Rupert in life. Um, and and the, the line is this, what's more important, being loving or being right? So like, do yeah. you repay evil for evil? Um, yeah. like, like Rupert has done nothing but um, stick his finger in your eye, Rebecca. Um, but like, what's more important, like being right and everyone knowing that you're right and more righteous or, or do you, do you not repay evil for evil, but repay love for evil? Right. So do you, do you remember that line? I do. Or, or I do. I, and I, and like I, it, yeah, it, it, it struck me as like just overtly Christian. Oh yes. Um, yeah. Uh, as, as it was being spoken. So, so why, why have a season two at all? If kind of Ted doesn't change, um, he doesn't change in that regard, but, but I think the purpose for season two is Ted is not okay, mm. right? So there's yeah. this new character, there's this counselor that comes in and she's very perceptive. Um, and, 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 and she meets with a bunch of different people on the team, um, both, both people kind of in the front office, players, coaches, and everyone seems to really appreciate her perceptive touch. She seems to kind of quote, fix everyone except mm. Ted, who's super resistant to her and as the season progresses, we, fee- we see that this is, this is kind of the, 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 the number one story of this season, right? There's, there are a bunch of different arcs, a bunch of different yeah. prominent characters have certain arcs, and we can talk yeah, about Yeah, I mean, the redemption too. of Jamie but, Tart is a great arc. Yeah, and I want to talk about that. I, yeah. Yes, yes, let's put a pin in that, because um, he hasn't, I have thoughts on that. Um, but, but wouldn't you say that kind of the beating heart of season two is Ted is not okay. What's up with Ted, right? So um, Ted has a panic attack, in a, in, a, in a game, this is a couple episodes into the season, right? And lies about it in a press conference afterwards, right? So the, the official story from the front office is that he had, what, uh, food poisoning? He had to throw yeah. up? Yeah. He had food poisoning. Uh, I don't know about throw up. Maybe maybe something else. Yeah. Okay. Oh, diarrhea. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and so uh, th- this counselor wants to, wants to meet with Ted, and Ted is really spooked by her. And, uh, and this too is a Christian theme, right? The counselor uh, kind of perceives and, and the writers perceive um, that everyone is crying behind their masks, right? We all put on our masks mm. in the morning and we go to work and, and our masks, we have like in Sharpie scrawled across our masks, like I'm okay, I'm happy, everything's okay. And, and kind of it is, this too is a Christian truth, right? We're all crying beneath our masks, right? Mm. Like we're not, we're none of us are okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what's the great Robin Williams quote? Um, be kind. Everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Mm. Right, Robin Williams very famously was fighting a battle. It turns out afterwards we knew nothing about, right? Yeah. Robin Williams, a uh, an Anglican Christian. So anyhow, um, uh, yeah, he's got like a great um, top top ten list, a humorous top ten list of like top ten reasons to be Episcopalian, and like they're they're all like really interesting and funny too, and like very waspy like Episcopalian tropes. But okay, anyhow. Um, yeah, so uh, back to Ted Lasso. What was I saying? Everyone's hiding behind their masks. Okay, so so what, Christopher? What is eating Ted Lasso? Did you find this interesting, compelling, or not? What's the answer? What is eating Ted Lasso? Right? Isn't this the big reveal? Like he has a well, he was has... it abandonment? Like I I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember okay. either. Okay, <laughs> like does it even matter? It's interesting. Yeah, I don't right? know like, that it does. Has, yeah, he has this 
kind of break, they have, they have one or two breakthrough conversations, him and this counselor, and um, they have this, she leaves because her work is done, right? Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Was it his dad? Was it his dad? Well, yeah, I don't know. I think it was kind of like a conventional, like weepy counselor session. And I, maybe I zoned out and was like scrolling through Twitter or something. <laughs> so I don't know if that matters to the show, if it matters to the, to the, to the themes. It's funny that you and I, do you think it's telling that you and I can't remember? I his, think it is. His great reveal. I don't know what it's, if it's, I don't know what it's telling of. Like if it, if it's about your, your and my perspective on the show or just like that, it's not important to the show. Um, I, I want to talk about Nate, but first let's talk about Jamie Tart since you brought up sure. Jamie Tart. Um, Jamie Tart um, gets fixed, right? He, um, he's, he's gentle. He loses his anger. Um, he's not a he's not a gigantic jerk. I, I don't anymore. like the word fixed. I don't like the word fixed. Okay. I, I would say like it means something different now on the farm. I realize that. No, no, no. Just like <laughs> no, nobody's okay. fixed. We're loved and we're redeemed. We're we are like a bit a big um hollowness his, inside of him is 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 like his, his dad's abusiveness his, of him. Yeah. His anger and, and his edge are gone. Right. His dad is no longer living rent free in his head. Yeah. Yeah. With with this idea of like. Uh, you're the greatest thing like gift to the world. And like, so he starts the, the season um, like being on a reality show and like stepping away from soccer and right. like his person, his talent is there, but his, his personality is so to toxic that no one wants to touch him. Yep. So he has this, I, I remember videoing this and sending it to you. Do you remember? He has this humiliating encounter with Roy Kent where he's like determined to not fight back against Roy. So Roy is like, say that you're a bleep. I'm a bleep. Say that you're a blah, blah, blah. And he just takes the abuse from Roy Kent. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. It was very funny. Very funny. Mm -hmm. um, and from the coach's standpoint, the coaches are like, um, you're the most, you're, you are the most talented guy in the team. You might be the most talented guy in the Premier League, but you're a, you're a net negative to the team because you're a ball hog and you make other people worse. How about making them better? And do you remember then he, um, he kind of loses his aggression and he like, he's just, he's not scoring. He's just passing, 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 passing. And there's what, what, there's one episode that's humorously what it's titled, what the signal. And they, they, they figure out like when it's time, when they need a goal, they need to activate like angry, selfish Jamie Tart. And do you remember guess, what the yeah. signal is? No, I, like, uh, like, oh, it's a middle finger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, uh, Ted Lasso's like, so, so Jamie, how am I going to know? When, 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 uh, when you're activated, when the signal, he's like, like, oh, you'll know. <laughs> and near the end of the episode, he like turns and gives them like double, like the double middle finger. And then he like angrily, selfishly scores a goal. And it's great. And it's funny. Cause he has the talent to do that. But yes. like, if, if you do, and sometimes you need that, you need somebody with like just individual skill to just, um, be spectacular. Like, so, like when in a tie ball game, sometimes, um, you need your star basketball right. player to shoot, even though he's double teamed. Like sometimes like right. you, you don't pass to a lesser, like throughout the game you do, but, but sometimes to win the game, like the star needs to be the star. Do you, do you remember we talked about that in that, um, was that that show where Ben Affleck played this alcoholic washed out high school coach? Yeah. He tells yeah, the way back. Yeah. Yeah. The way back. He tells, he tells his guard. Do you remember at one point, like, this is your shot. Like, yeah. I don't even care who's open. Like just take it out. Any, yeah. Anyway, this reminded me, Christopher, do you remember Daryl Strawberry? Um, he was maybe kind of the best 22 year old power hitter, um, in the major leagues, 1986, the Mets win the amazing Mets. 
him and Doc Gooden and Keith Hernandez and just this super talented team. And he was a, he was coked up and he was a, a drunk and um, he found Jesus and he got clean and he was never the same baseball player again. And there's this big sprawling cover article in like 91 or 92. Um, he he kind of got kicked around the league and he maybe had one decent comeback year with the Dodgers. Um, and he ended his career actually with the, um, with the Yankees. The Yankees didn't he? Yep. As, as, as like an okay platoon outfielder. Anyhow, um, Sports Illustrated asked him like, um, it was a good conversation. And, and they said, um, so you got clean and you found God. Um, wh- where are the numbers? Why haven't the numbers bounced back? Like you, you were an M- NL MVP. And he's like, my anger has gone. Hmm. And I don't go up to the plate angry anymore. And I just kind of thought of that as I watched Jamie Tart, like, is <laughs> he was just like a gentle man now. And I don't know. I wonder, I, is there, is there, a, is there, a, I don't have any, an answer to that. Is there um, kind of a balance? Because some of the great, you and I talked about this with Michael Jordan, some of the great players are selfish jerks who have this motor they can't turn off and it, it eats them from the inside once they retire. Like the same thing that made them great also makes them miserable when they're off the court or off the pitch. Or yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is a conversation I'm interested in, in yeah, okay, let's pursuing not talk about that, further because like, out of time. I don't like right. this idea that like excellence is, is always at like I don't a great know. cost I don't of even like know being that a I believe person. That. I don't yeah, know that I, I believe that, but. I don't, I, I do believe that like uh, some people like sacrifice um, sanity um, on the cross of, of, of right. excellence and um, with the singular focus on, on just being great. And, you know, like the, the Michael Jordan who, who, uh, you know, brought the guy uh, who made the team instead of him, his freshman year, he brought that guy to his hall of fame speech, you know, to be yeah. like, this guy motivated me. And his whole hall of fame speech was like <laughs> trolling the world about like all the different things that made him angry that, right. that you know, made him great. Like, I, I don't know, like, I don't like the idea that, that um, to point to all these great people that have to be insane to be sure. great. So I'd um, rather talk about, um, can we talk about Nate? Uh, let, let me talk about something first. Okay, go ahead. Cause, cause uh, Nate's uh, kind of a sad story of, of just evil and dissatisfaction in this, this just, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a story of like sin in the world, right? Like, okay. Well, like, let's put like a pin in that growing resentment. Else. Yeah. So, I want to talk something happy first. Okay. Um, uh, the Christmas episode was phenomenal. It's one of these yeah. that that um, that it, it could have been plugged in anywhere in the season. Um, it's not like in continuity. Um, uh, Ted Lasso is is kind of sulking, uh, and he's kind of rescued by Rebecca, who brings him and um, like this, and and, and rather than um, sitting there being miserable on Christmas, they give right. There, there are kind of three things that happen. So one of the plots is that they go and they, they bring gifts to poor people. Right. So to, to, to the way of, of breaking out of sadness is, is to be sacrificial. Hmm. That sounds Christ-like, right? To right. serve. <laughs> if you want to be yeah. great, serve. Um, another plot is uh, that, uh, what's the name of, of that? Uh, like, basically the only person who works in the organization, like the only character besides Rebecca, like her, like Lieutenant, uh, what's his name? Higgins. Yes. Higgins. 
where Higgins uh, is accustomed to always opening his home, um, this beautiful show of hospitality to mm-hmm. anyone on the team uh, at Christmas, anyone on the team who does not have a place to be on Christmas. He says, come to my house. You have a place at my table. And, and we, we have this, uh, and this year, uh, everybody comes. Um, so it's less about them not having a place, but him offering this beautiful banquet. You know, this, this like eschatological vision, right? Of, of yeah. like all these nations coming together, the Dutch, the French right. Canadian, the, you know, the African, the uh, wherever, all the different places that uh, yeah. the Mexican, um, Danny Rojas, um, all these like um, people brought to the table for this feast. It's beautiful. It's, it's a, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And then the third thing is, um, is <laughs> really funny. Um, Roy Kent's niece, and it's, it's a beautiful relationship he has with his niece, yes. this rough Roy yes. Kent who loves his niece. Um, and, uh, she's very sad on Christmas because a boy got her in secret Santa and gave, I just said secret Santa as if I'm like English, <laughs> Boston. um, secret Santa, um, uh, he gives her like toothpaste and floss because, uh, <laughs> It's kind of honest, but also kind of like mean and bullying to be like, you have terrible breath. And so on Christmas day, he like knocks on doors until they find, uh, right. Would you remember like Roy Kent's like, Oh, it can't be that bad. He's like, breathe on me. Oh yes. Kirk. I mean, both like (laughs) her breathing in his face and Keely's face, like are some of the funniest scenes. Do you remember what he says after she breathes on him? It's, it smells like someone died. What do you say? (laughs) He's like, he's like, I think you died. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and even like if you haven't watched it if you watch it now like you will still laugh at the line it just the look so on his funny. face he's like it can't be that bad and and it turns out it is yeah um, so so but so he goes door to door in the neighborhood he's like find a i'm gonna keep knocking until i find a dentist it's like one of these houses there's gotta be a dentist and he finds a dentist and um gets a prescription um and that, that will that will help her um with this horrible breath <laughs> and then do you remember what happens uh happens? he go he she they go back to the boy's house yes right yep. that, that and, it, and it's uh that. what's what's that movie uh that dumb yeah uh, it's a dumb movie but they they it's it's like from love that actually. movie where love actually where they yeah. the person at the door the and they've got the the signs um that they're flipping through your visual and, is really um, helpful here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kirk again do not repay evil for evil yeah but overcome evil uh, for good um, rather than um, putting him in his place. Um, like it, it was, is a word of grace that he gets. He does not get what he deserves, Kirk. Um, this boy who, who bullied her and made her feel bad. Um, but what he gets instead is grace. And that's, mm. that's beautiful. That, that episode is, is just pitch perfect. Yeah. Uh, do, do you have anything you want to say before I talk about the next, next nope. thing I want to talk Nope. Okay. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was Nate and that's it. Yep. Um, so in the other episode I really liked, I'm not a big rom-com fan, but the rom-com episode was great. Which one is that? That's, that's the one where Roy Kent like walks off the set. Um, uh, he decides like, he's not going to be a, an analyst. He wants to be a coach. Oh yes, he, like, yes. Okay. And he like yep. gives all the money to, to the taxi driver and he yep. runs to the stadium. Yep. Like, yep. yeah, it's the okay. rom-com one. Yeah. Okay. Like it takes all these rom-com tropes and yes. Um, even though I don't like rom-coms, I've suffered through enough of them. Like he's going to run, he's going to run to his beloved, except he can't yes. anymore. Cause yes. Cause of his he's knee. a retired yeah. footballer with a bad knee. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was a great episode. That's all yeah. like, like the, um, the fun they had with, um, doing the rom-com tropes was, was, uh, delightful. Yeah. And, and tropes are fun. So yeah. Yeah. Kirk, let's talk about Nate. Uh, let's talk about like, let's talk about yeah. like just, uh, 
how, how, how people who nurse a grudge and, and just how toxic that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was someone who talked about, uh, what was, the, what was the word? Was it spite or revenge or? Uh, so here's what we're referring was, to, right? Like, so Kirk, Ted, Kirk, 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 Kirk. No, 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 I'll, I'll finish real quick. Okay. Um, that like, and maybe I should look it up. <laughs> I shouldn't finish, but, but like, um, like nursing a grudge against someone is like drinking a cup of poison and hoping that that person dies. Mm. Yes. Oh, that, that that's all it good. does is hurt you. That is good. That's deep. I like it. Yes. So, so here's, here's what we're referring to, right? Um, in season one, the beginning of season one, um, Nate was just like this, this, this short um, ball boy, this guy that's probably too old for his job um, at Richmond. And Ted Lasso has time for him when no one else ever had time for him. And Nate is so taken aback. Um, and Ted actually listens to some of his football advice um, and it works out. And it turns, like, Nate, turns out Nate is a really good football mind, right? And so they start running some of Nate's plays and Nate's plays work. In season two, Nate is, Nate is completely at the table as a star assistant coach. There's even <laughs> one game. Kirk, Kirk, he's the wonder kid. Yes, the wonder kid. That's funny. That is <laughs> That's super really funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. And it turns and out Kirk, well, and what that joke is is that like the term is wunderkind. wunderkind. It's a, you know, it's it's yeah. German, but like he doesn't understand that um he's smart but not smart enough to know that like he calls himself the wonder kid and they're like, "Do you mean wunderkind?" and yeah. he's like and he just has this look on his face like I I don't understand. It's a very yeah. funny joke. So so his arc professionally is on the rise. There's increased national internal and national recognition that he Mm -hmm. is kind of the mind the tactical mind behind any of richmond's success agreed Mm -hmm. um and so here's the problem both these things are true um number one item number one um ted lasso doesn't know diddly squat about football and nate is responsible for essentially all the tactical success that's not true coach beard is as well but but yeah coach beard is playing catch up Coach Beard is playing catch up, right? Like he was an American football okay. coach, right? Who like read books. But he's, on he's the a plane. tactician. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Yep. I mean, X's and O's translate and like a love of excellence. X's and O's translates across games. Sure. I get that. Um, for whatever reason, though, isn't it interesting? Like Ted continues to be like a football buffoon. Like he's like, ah, oh, sure. Whatever you say, whatever y'all say. Y'all just yeah. tell me what play to run. Y'all just tell me what set we're running. Right. Um, but also, this is true. Nate owes everything to Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was nothing. And, he was not a coach. Right. <laughs> he washed the uniform. He was the kit man. Like he washed the uniforms. And so a lack of gratitude in our mm. lives mm. Is, yes. in, is internal poison. Yeah. Gratitude is health in um, spiritual health. Ingratitude yeah. is will shrivel us from the inside out. And also, this also is true, just kind of from a literary sense, Christopher, the writers did something really fun. Like his heel turn at the end mm-hmm. was just really coolly done where he like stares at the camera and you know, it's him. And by the way, he was the leak, right? He's the leak to mm-hmm. the press mm-hmm. that, that in fact, Ted Lasso had a, an anxiety attack and had a bit of a breakdown. Yeah. Was and a- some people were surprised by the, the heel turn at the end. Um, I thought that was where, like, I feel like the seeds were, yeah. were, were planted the whole season of his just like, wanting credit and even like insecurity about like, well, you yeah. just want to do my plan. So, so when it fails, you can blame it on me. And it's like, yeah. Whoa, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, 
So that's that's my thought on Nate. Um, those are my Nate observations. I think that's really interesting. Um, well done by the writers. They clearly had fun with it. And it's also kind of a truth about human nature, um, I think, with uh, what ingratitude does to does to a, a, a human soul. So any yeah. final thoughts? I think we should, uh, if not, we should end in prayer. Kirk, let's close in prayer. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray. Set us free, loving Father, from the bondage of our sins. And in your goodness and mercy, give us the liberty of that abundant life, which you have made known to us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, you've made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. See you next week, Kirk. Next week.